0: I quit. This is a very sad moment. This is the saddest I've been in a long time. I feel totally responsible. It's not your fault. It's all me. But I was the
1: agent. I was the one who acted in such a way that caused the problem.
0: I said something stupid that you were protecting me on, and you went to stop so that we could restart, and we lose it all. You didn't say anything stupid. I you just, said, what is the
1: question? <laughs> and I was like, yes. I wanted to pause to say, hey, I want to make sure that I'm on the same page. And I hit it, and the whole program shut down, and we lost the entire episode.
0: 19 and a half minutes of the 93rd episode of You'll Die Trying. So so
1: this is 93,
0: 2.0 yeah. of You'll Die Trying. I'm Jonathan Carroll. I'm Nathan Morris.
1: This is frustrating. And so we are gonna work out our frustration publicly. Yeah. Right here and right now. But first let's get ourselves in the mood with a song. In my head.
0: I have a lover's quarrel with technology. It's just stupid. It hates me. You all don't understand what we f- deal with to make sure that you all have
1: this episode. We have such limited time. And and then this, this brand new hard drive.
0: Brand new. Brand, it's a brand new computer running Logic. Absolutely brand a, new computer. incredible system set up. And running
1: it's like- Logic Pro, using Splice to communicate with Brent. 20 minutes in, having had a really good conversation. Yeah. And why, is, why isn't it saving itself automatically, like every 10
0: seconds or something? Or every program in the world. So here we are. Frustrated. Complaining. Uh, is this complaint? Yes, I'm complaining. I don't care.
1: Complaining is okay. It's the criticism that we need to be careful of, especially in marriages. Complaints are going to happen. I feel this when this happens. But the criticizing, you did this and I feel this because you did, that's, that's what causes problems.
0: Way to go, Apple, and your CEO and all you people. Way to go. Who owns Logic Pro? doesn't I'm, matter. It doesn't matter. <laughs> whoever it
1: is, it, this program consistent. I mean, it works until it doesn't.
0: It's true of everything. Well, I'll pour salt on the wound and say that Brent says he never has issues. So it's this computer. I say we just throw it out the window. Okay. Can we, should we do it now? These windows don't open. That is so dangerous. These do. These do. These don't. The ones in, in eyesight don't. My peripherals. Use your peripherals. That's a word that people
1: have a hard time with. They typically peripheral. will call it peripheral. Peripheral. But it's not. It's peripheral. Peripheral. <laughs> peripheral. All right. So let's start again again welcome this is episode 93 2.0 second shot at being incredible Mm -mm. and uh, this is you'll die trying and we are going to be talking about i'm holding my hand toward nathan so that he can decide
0: the the inability to be wrong the absolute inability to be wrong
1: So you were, tell us about the...
0: Yeah, Louder with Crowder. He has a podcast. It's very political focused, politically focused, a lot of hot topics, hot buttons for people. They set up shop at, you know, uh, TCU, for instance, and then they have this segment called Change My Mind. I got into this rabbit hole of of listening and watching these people just get irate and upset. So this guy goes around and he's just trying to, have conversation, one of which was uh, I'm pro-life, change my mind. And these people are saying all their reasonings why he's wrong, but then in doing so, they're acknowledging all of his truths and facts, not his, but actual facts, and then he acknowledges, Crowder acknowledges their, oh, so we agree. And then they circle back and are incapable because they sat in the chair because they said initially they don't agree mm-hmm. that they can't say they're wrong. Then I started thinking about how people in general just cannot say, I'm sorry, I'm wrong. I, I, I'm wrong. I'm wrong. So I was asking you, why is that? And then I thought, well, maybe it's the pride aspect, but there has well, to be I more to it. I think that's true.
1: I think pride comes as a result of insecurity, and I think insecurity is kind of the base. Well, be- beneath insecurity is fear. So I think it's fear, insecurity, desire for validation, which yields a kind of odd twist of pride. That's where that's how I think the chain of events goes in people's hearts and minds that makes them have a hard time being wrong. I've told you before I don't like being wrong and don't like to admit being wrong. I have fixed that problem.
0: Yeah, starting now. I think we should play our own version of change my mind. Okay, let's yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Okay, you start with the first topic because I have no idea what to say. All right, let's start with uh, (laughs) capital punishment. Okay. Go. I believe that capital
1: punishment is a way of saying we're going to kill you for showing you that killing people is wrong. Mm -hmm. It is more expensive Mm -hmm. than keeping someone in prison for the rest of their days because of the legal processes. Scientifically, it's been proven that it does not offer anyone any sense of closure. It could be argued that it's giving a perpetrator an easy way out. It is mandated in all biblical religious texts, not biblical, religious texts, like for instance, the Bible, uh, that that killing
0: is wrong. Thou shalt not kill? It's a commandment. Mm Mm-hmm. Change my mind. But I don't want to. That's the art of debate, is being able to take the other position. Oh, do you want me to take the other position? Well, you don't have to. I don't want you to do anything you don't want to do. That's what he says a lot in the podcast and episodes. Oh, he does? Yeah, he does. He says, I'm not making you. I don't want you to do anything you don't want to do. Okay, I'll play the devil's advocate. I am also in agreement with. Okay, so so. we agree on that. Yeah, we agree. All right, but you're going to take the other position. I'll take the other position and say... Uh, okay. The example is this person's on death row because they raped and murdered five people. Okay. And they're going to be put to death because of that. Sure. And you know the families have gone through all this turmoil and and it's the justice system showing. Mur- My brain doesn't go there. It's hard for you to be devil's
1: advocate for this. Okay. Because your turn. Okay. I'll see if I can do it. I don't think
0: I can. But we'll see. <clears throat> okay uh this is this podcast is about life and life consists of this so here we go okay uh i am pro-life change my mind
1: that's a tough one yeah it i is. is pro-life too see no one's pro-abortion the point isn't am i pro-abortion the point is that am i in favor of a woman getting to say what happens to her body and men in suits in Frankfurt or D.C. not having a voice in that. That's the real question. No one is like, I'm anti-life. It's We're all pro-life, but we're for the lives of all people. And this, obviously, I think capital punishment is a pro-life perspective. Like we're looking for that consistent ethic of human life, right? But I do think that there are situations where uh, women have to make a very, very, very difficult Decision, And I think that they need support and love and encouragement mm. for the rest of their days as a result of that. Also, I think it is horrible how some communities who will advocate for coming to a full term with a child and the birth of the child then walk away as the child grows up needing food and shelter and, community. and clothing and housing and a sense of community and a sense of morals and work ethic. And when you know the, when we walk away, we're like, well, now that the child has been born, the child is no longer a concern of ours.
0: And I don't think that's a consistent... So the ethic. child was the concern in the womb, but the child is not the concern outside of the womb. That's how it seems to be played out to me. Hmm.
1: So I don't want to change your mind to be pro-life. I'm pro-life too. But I'm also, personally, I believe that it is not my... Uh, Job or role or place to tell someone else what they should and shouldn't do with their body, male, female, or otherwise. You go. Okay.
0: I have one. Go. You cannot be friends with your employees. Change my mind. Okay. Once again, I don't want to
1: because I agree. This is tough. See? But Okay, but I will. I mean, I'll I'll do the devil's advocate Mm -hmm. thing. Let's say you started a company. Let's say you started a company with a couple of friends or one friend, and then another friend came into that company, and then maybe another friend came into that company, the same company. And so now, while you are the owner of the company, you have friends who work in the company. So while you are the employer, you employ friends. And let's say that that company does well. You create a work ethic that everybody abides by. Everybody does his job and her job. They come to work on time. They go spend time with their families. Their company becomes lucrative. You've created processes and policies that honor the human uh, nature of every person there while also exceeding you know, your own expectations for how to run a, a good business. You have best standards and best practices. I think that you can... Operate a business while being friends with its employees.
0: I do too, though. <laughs> I really do. I was just saying. I was trying to think of something that I actually do believe, but uh, you, you believe both sides of that. Yeah, I do. I think it's. Uh, I think it's touchy. I think. I don't.
1: Now change my mind. Oh Lord, <laughs> you just blew mine.
0: That was, I was devil's advocate on that though. So you don't, okay, lit, okay, (laughs) now I'm confused. But you literally don't think that you can be friends with those in which you work with? I don't think that it's wise. So you and I aren't friends? Well, we don't, I mean, we
1: have a different kind of relationship because it's contractual. I'm an outside consultant. If you were my employer, yeah, I don't think that would work. I don't think that would be smart for you.
0: Really? Yes, I think that. So people within my executive, our executive team should not be friends.
1: I think that we can be friendly, but I think that it is very complicating and unwise. And I think that we both can come up with examples for why this is true. Now, I could be wrong, and I'm open to you changing my mind.
0: I don't don't know that I want to. I think it's kind of one of those things. It's like, I know you're right, but I'm— gonna dig and try to find a way to maybe show some sign of
1: is this you having a hard time being wrong no because you know i have a hard time being wrong
0: no i think it's i think it is um absolutely wise for business leaders such as ourselves to not be (laughs) Friends with those in which we employ.
1: Well, we talked about this early, early on, and we got an email from someone who was disagreeing. And they were bringing up the point that you can have people in your life who are friends with whom you can work, and it can be a very, very rewarding and even productive experience. And so I'm not saying that that isn't true, that it can be. But as a rule, and I think this is, you know, there are always going to be exceptions that prove the rule
0: kind of like the lobster sandwich at McDonald's, but in Maine, but not here.
1: Right. I mean, that's an exception that's culturally and contextually sensitive, but that doesn't change the 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 franchising genius mm-hmm. of the Scottish cuisine industry that has made itself known in McDonald's. I love Scottish food. And I like McDonald's. So I don't think it's smart. I mean, I and I, I think that you and I have both had experiences where we have been in business relationships with friends, and it gets very muddy. Expectations become blurred, history becomes revised, the future becomes difficult to see, feelings get hurt, and I think it's because it wasn't articulated at the beginning, here's how this is going to work, here's the flow, here's the structure, is it flat, is there a hierarchy... Who is responsible? Who is the actual owner? Like there's all kinds of questions that come around and I, I just don't think it's wise.
0: Dr. Carol and myself are going to end our friendship at the end of this episode and strictly become...
1: Just business partners in the business of, of you'll die trying. That's
0: it. Which doesn't mean we're not going to be friendly. Mm, no, we we aren't. <laughs> <laughs> we're not. It's, it's not. I will... I will sling dirt at you both figuratively and literally i will kick dirt that is such a terrible thing like when someone's down and you kick dirt in their face you see it in movies you see it in like baseball movies and stuff it's like oh, that's yeah. so awful the dirt. yeah yeah all right your turn uh that was my turn i said oh that was yours you brought that up yes and i was changing your mind yes and then you flopped it on me how did i oh how did i do are you confused yet yeah 100% <laughs> mind blown <laughs> Yeah, I don't even know what my initial thing was. <laughs> it's like I, I don't even know who I am anymore. All right, let, let's take. Another oh no, one. let's take another one. Did you get an idea from that
1: statement? Probably. Yes, Good Lord. I did. Okay, go. You said I don't know who I am anymore, which made me ask the question about monogamy. So let's make this. Let let me let me say this: there are very few species who practice monogamy. It is considered an experiment still in the human species. I believe that monogamy
0: is a best practice for the human species. Change my mind. I wouldn't even know how to. (laughs) (laughs) I would not even. (laughs) Well, I can tell you right now that those in which you live in a a promiscuous lifestyle is one of loneliness.
1: Well, promiscuous definitely has a negative or pejorative
0: connotation. Promiscuity always sounds like it's very much slutty or... Okay, oh, I think we should maybe
1: back that up a little bit and say, okay, there are going to be different people who practice their sexuality in different ways. Some of them may practice a a different kind of openness than maybe I do. Yes,
0: so I was trying to get very direct and like the very simple, uh, when people hear the word promiscuous, they think of probably their minds go somewhere like that Where promiscuous. Yeah, you could even say promiscuous promiscuity is that of going on multiple dates with a lot of different people. Nothing physical, just promiscuity in the sense of, like, I'm going to date numerous people. I'm going to go to Olive Garden tonight. (laughs) I'm going to go to O'Charlie's tomorrow.
1: My father did that.
0: Dated a ton of women.
1: He had three Christmas meals that he went to one Christmas.
0: With three different girls? Yes, and their families. That's hilarious. And none of
1: them knew about the other. That's absolutely hilarious. And my mom tells the story and tells also that there was a gathering of young women standing in the back of their wedding with their arms crossed. Wow. As if in protest. <laughs> my mom said, said she always felt very happy and honored that she was the one who won
0: that's awesome. That's a good story. I think that would be that'd be tough. That would be exhausting. Okay, so that's my point. Uh, a life of promiscuity from the standpoint of don't take your mind's negative or whatever is lonely and um, exhausting. So the thought of a partner, a monogamous partner, one that you're like just in the thick of it with and you're able to get out of the thick, that's far more fun because that's victorious you see victory all the time
1: um you're definitely arguing in favor of monogamy
0: yeah oh am i supposed to be saying mm-hmm. dang it okay um uh
1: so something i've learned about you in the course of these the previous 92 episodes of friendship and then this first episode of non-friendship since that we're now just yeah we're not friends partners, anymore is that you struggle playing devil's advocate mm-hmm that makes me worried about myself, that I that I enjoy it so much.
0: Does that make you a, a sociopath? It might. No, no. I still have feelings. Okay, though. I will try very hard to play devil's advocate. I'm not good at it. You're absolutely correct. I think
1: part of it is you're worried that people will chime in right now, and then they'll hear you saying this, and they'll be like, this is what Nathan believes when really it isn't. I
0: never once thought that, but now I am, and now I am worried. <laughs> 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 okay. Okay. A life of uh, freedom. Let's be honest; that sounds fun, right? Like not having to check in with or be communicative with, or you are your own boss, so to speak. You know, people can argue that within marriage. Oh, you don't have to have a boss, but let's you you kind of answer to one another in a sense. You represent so many other people within a family dynamic. Monop- m- monopoly, Mon- monogamy, not monopoly. Dr. Carroll is intentionally crossing his eyes, like I'm not making any sense. I'm with you.
1: I, I just want to. I'm, I'm preparing my points for departure from your
0: argument. Okay, that that's the best argument I can give.
1: What if one argued that there is deep and tremendous freedom found in covenantal relationship with one other?
0: Yep. Oh yeah, I'm supposed to keep being
1: I'm supposed to keep being <laughs> devil's advocate. Um, well, the point is, at the end yeah. of the day, <laughs> Doctor Carroll is saving me. <laughs> no, no, no. The point is, we should all be able to disagree at a fundamental level and find dignity within our differences, rather than struggle to see the other's perspective as legitimate because we're climbing so fast on that ladder of. Uh, uh, attempting to find security and validation uh, over on top of another person. I think we're just better off meeting each other where we are. This is who I am. Well, this is who I am. I get it. We disagree. Okay. Good stuff.
0: Women are better leaders than men. Change my mind.
1: On the one hand, I would, if I had time, I would develop hopefully a cogent argument about the uh, lack of necessity to divide humanity into two genders and would say that human beings make great leaders for these reasons. Women bring maybe historically these characteristics and men maybe bring these attributes to leadership. Um, maybe we shouldn't see them as better than the other. Um, I could do that. I could also point out historically that it has been predominantly men who have been leaders. Of course, the reason for that is because men are stupid and they've tried to clamor for power over 100%. women. So I know that. I'm just playing devil's advocate.
0: Um, You're better at that than me. If you I, asked me that question, I would have been like, <laughs> I <laughs> but don't know. At the end of the day, I think there's truth to what you say. Women are better leaders? Yeah. Well, I will say right now that we're kind of, Perfect examples examples of that with the women in which whom we work with, and their abilities, their abilities. I mean, like a Brandy, for instance, and you know, the wall next to her office is just covered in thank yous, and you know, the res- the survey responses for for Brandy as a managing, leading director is is incredible. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that our our men don't do an incredible job either. It's just I think women have. I don't have what women have. You're right. That's correct. Same
1: here. I would like to plug for uh, better conversations with people where there might be disagreements without all the reactivity, without the immediate knee-jerk response uh, that comes out of a place of uh,
0: fear or hurt that yields anger like this podcast may be doing to some people in vitriol you think so i mean maybe are any of you knee-jerking right now is anybody mad are you mad have We said anything have we said anything that hurt your feelings well oh don't you hate that when people come up to you and be like are you mad uh, well i can't say much about that because i've done that i do it all the time yeah <laughs> are you mad are you okay yeah uh, I have to joy check and i myself. talked about
1: that on our episode recently <laughs> are you mad
0: no, not okay. in the least. I interrupted your really intelligent.
1: I just want to say that I, that it's it's a mark of immaturity that people can't disagree about matters of importance and do so with dignity and integrity and compassion and kindness. It is nothing shy of immaturity. So if you want to get mad about something, get mad about the fact that I'm calling you immature, if you are reactive when somebody thinks something that you don't think, because it is and I'm tired of seeing it on social media. I don't care about your stuff on social media. Mm-mm. I don't read it. I'm not going to click like. I'm not going to pause to, I, because I can feel it. As soon as it's coming if I'm like, oh, here it comes. There's just going to be something, and it's going to be a picture <laughs> of this particular president or that president, and it's going to be some snarky comment, and it's not going to have any rootedness in reality. I mean, you can put a picture of Morgan Freeman and a quotation from Adolf Hitler and people are going to think Morgan Freeman thinks that. Mm -hmm. I mean, no, 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 no to your memes and no to your... Some memes are really funny. Hyperreactive, you know, political innuendos and arguments. No. If you want to have a conversation, I'm open to that. But I'm not open to reading these snarky little Facebook or Instagram things that don't, in the end, contribute to a more thoughtful, engaging, faithful, and life-giving conversation. I'm not into it. That's why we do this. Yep, We do this because I think people are longing for thoughtful, engaging, hope-filled, life-giving, critical in the sense of being serious, and also somehow light conversation about the things in, in life and relationships and business that matter. And I don't think people are very good at uh, culling the information that comes at them in social media outlets. And I think it's important that we start doing, doing away with that. I have a client recently who told me that she had gotten rid of the social media apps on her phone, leaving them only on her iPad so that before she goes to bed, if she wants to scroll her news feeds or do some online shopping, she'll do that on the iPad, but it's not going to be on her phone, which means she's not going to be standing in the grocery store, waiting in the car rider line, or pulling up to the library to drop off a book only to scroll through her phone and find something that's going to be upsetting. Hmm. She's going to reserve X amount of time for it, and when that time elapses, it's over. I think that's very... Responsible.
0: 100%. Yeah. Deleting apps right now.
1: So there's a great book by uh, Rabbi Jonathan Sachs, who is a rabbi in, I don't know if he's still alive, but the book is called The Dignity of Difference. And it is about precisely this topic, about being able to recognize differences in one another, not only allowing them, but also accepting them engaging them, being curious about them, asking questions thoughtfully, and also simply letting them be. There's no need for us to try to cure, heal, fix, or otherwise, um, you know, make over somebody's differences. You are who
0: you are. Simple. Period. Simple as that. That's it. I was going to say something about, change my mind, that green... um, That purple is my favorite color. But that was really stupid. I'm sorry. I do want to say this. All of you who listen time and time again, we are so grateful. Dr. Carol, Joy, Megan, and myself were at dinner the other night, and multiple people came up to us that were listeners of the podcast. We had no idea. We had no idea and still don't realize how many people, how many of you are are maybe encouraged by or touched by, and we want to hear from you. I think it's important. Uh, we want to uh, let you know that when you do respond or correspond with us, that we, we do listen and we do read. So please uh, send us uh, an email at you'll die trying podcast at gmail.com. Visit facebook.com forward slash you'll die trying and uh, see all the awesome content that we have unrolling day in and day out for you. Fastly approaching
1: the 100th episode. That's insane. Where we will That's have insane. a reprise That's insane. of two guests who have been with us and they will return
0: insane i'm sorry to keep saying that but that's insane 100 episodes we literally are under a year old
1: yeah our year our one year anniversary is like a month away
0: what are we going to do we just like can we exchange anniversary gifts with each other okay you want to have my
1: bobblehead yeah yours yeah i can do that are we still friends
0: we can't be friends we work together in this podcast but we don't make any money well we make billions of dollars
1: We won't be friends. Okay. But I recognize you and your differences, and I see you, and I honor them. And I'm not going to try to change you.
0: But I'm going to try to change you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm Dr. Carroll. I am Dr. Carroll. Jonathan Carroll. And I'm Nathan Morris. <laughs> oh,